Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. After church today, I want some of you folks to come pray for my wife. She needs some deliverance. Um, (laughs) As she was coming to help me fix a few wires, uh, you know, running up and down the back of my shirt, um, I said to her, I said, man, I could not hear the key to start in on whatever that song that was that I started in some kind of octave. And she's like, it was all I could do not to laugh. And I'm like, you need Jesus. I'm like, my monitor, ear, in-ear monitor went out and I could not hear anything. And so I'm trying to go, oh God, oh God, oh, where do I jump in? And like, you know, oh, that's not it. You know, so it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But just pray for her, okay? If y'all want to take her in a back room and cast stuff out, I'm totally fine with that, you know? So I love you guys. It's so good to see you in God's house today. And I pray that um, Holy Spirit has already ministered to you in a powerful way and that he'll continue to do that throughout the service. And we've already asked him to come and align our heart with the word, change us, uh, speak to our heart from the word today. And I trust that he'll do that. He's willing if we're willing. Amen. Amen? He's, He's always willing. Let's say our declaration like we mean it. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word For everything I do flows from it. Amen. So let's line it up. So today I'm going to be talking to you from really Luke, I think about uh, the eighth verse, but that's, you know, the first 16 verses. It tells a little bit about the uh, portion of scripture that talks about Jesus' birth. Uh, We talk about that a lot at this time of year. Uh, rightfully so, because it's Christmas. It's all about this. And so I'll be going uh, Luke chapter 2, verses uh, not really 1, but maybe 8 through 16, I'll take us through. Uh, So in this series that we're in, this is about reasons. Last week, I talked to you about we're the reason. We're the reason for the season. People are. God so loved the world that he came. Like we were the whole point that Jesus wrapped himself in flesh and came and died on a cross. If there had not been a need for that, you and I, just think about that. I don't know if y'all ever think about this stuff, but I think about crazy Bible stuff all the time. What ifs? Like what if man never sinned? Like how would we know Jesus like what, what form would we know Jesus in? Because he, he would not have a bodily form like, like, we ha- like he has now. Because he never would have been incarnate. Like that was a demotion for him. It was a step down. You know, 
the creator to become the created, you know, even though technically he wasn't created, the scripture says he's the firstborn of creation. In other words, he really wasn't created, nothing created God, but he allowed himself, subjected himself to the experience to come so that he could be that spotless lamb to go and bring us back in to relationship. You know, I just think about stuff like that. And today I want to talk to you about another reason, and we find that reason, we find the reason for this season that we're celebrating in the birth narrative when the angels come and they announce the birth uh, of Jesus and he's coming. And, um, you know, as we talk about this, I want to to talk to you about peace and goodwill. That's where we're going to go today. And I think anybody in this house that there's some exceptions to the rules, but anybody in this house, and I'll guarantee you at least the majority, we would choose a home of peace over a home of chaos 100% of the time. Am I right? Now, some of y'all line. (laughs) No, but some people love chaos. Like they don't know how to live outside of chaos. They lived in it for so long. They're just used to that. That's their norm. I grew up in a house that I didn't know it was chaos until uh, I, I got grown. And my wife, you know, she grew up in her own, you know, sort of chaos. Because everybody's got their own chaos. It just looks different. And I grew up in this house that was chaotic. There were, not, uh, there were eight, uh, sorry, seven kids they're my mom and dad. So at one point, there are nine people living in this like 1,400 square foot home. And uh, we're anywhere like, we're, we're literally like 25 years apart between my youngest sister and my oldest brother. So it's like, you know, you got people in all stages of life. Some of us are still kids and they're bringing their kids home. So, you know, you, you actually are playing with your, uh, it's weird. My, my sister was the niece of her nephew, and they were the same age. They were basically one year apart. So there's a lot of chaos. And when Shay and I started dating, um, she, she would say like, why are you talking so loud? And I'm like, I'm not talking loud. And she's like, you are talking so loud. She still gets on to me about that by talking so loud. And I, ne- I did not realize that I was a loud talker. But in my house, if you wanted to get heard, you had to be loud. Because there's 15 people talking and you got to talk over them. And so the loudest person is the one who got the attention. There's a lot of screaming in my house. There was a lot of chaos in my house. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of cussing. There was a lot of, you know, just, uh, as, as a matter of fact, I don't, have, I don't have a whole lot of things in my life that I have vices or anything like that. Uh, but in my house, like, dude, I mean, we were kids and we just had terrible mouths, like potty mouths. We would curse as kids, like little kids. We, like my little sister, she'd curse you out, man. She's four years old. And you know, in a, in a, I know that might sound crazy to you, but in a house full of chaos and dysfunction, that was funny. You know, a little kid comes in there and they're shooting off all these nasty four-letter words. And it's like, oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. You know, here's a candy cane. Go play, kid. It was weird. 
But there are people that love that chaos, you know? And as I grew up and I began to, you know, really begin to find out like what Christianity is about, lifestyle of peace, the fruit of the spirit, all of these things. I begin to look at how my house and my upbringing does not line up with the word of God. Our declaration that we just had, it didn't line up with the word of God. And so I started lining my household up with the word of God. I started lining myself up with the word of God. And so, you know, I said that little story about, you know, chaos, the cussing, the all, all of that. I'm like, I ain't got a whole lot of things, but I'm just going to tell you, if I would fall in any category, I, one, of my, one of my worst fears, because <laughs> I get passionate when I'm preaching, you know, and uh, one of my worst fears has always been, Lord, please don't help me cuss now up in the... Uh, help me not to just let it fly. And, you know, now I will use uh, some words that'll come close, but I'm talking about real cussing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, because I grew up in a, in a atmosphere that was just vile linguistically. It, w- it was rough. I don't want to live a life of chaos. I don't like loud talking. I don't like screaming. I like a moderate tone in my house because I like an atmosphere of peace. Everybody with me? He came that we might have peace. I want us to real quickly turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. I want to read this with you because this is where we're going to find this next reason for the season. In verse 8, it says that that night, There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. So there's one so far. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel assured them and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly that one angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. And they were praising God and saying, and here's the verse. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. All right, so I'm just gonna stop there because the point that I really want to focus on is I want to focus on, on that one verse and it's Luke chapter two, verse 13 and 14, those two verses, but really verse 14. In verse 14, this is what the angel said. And I read it to you in the New Living Translation, but what you see on the screen is the King James Version. And there's a reason why those two uh, read differently in different translations. And for the sake of time, and I don't want to get down an exegetical rabbit hole and take us into the Greek and all that and why it says it, we're just going to say Some people translated it this way and some people translated it this way. 
and at, at the end of the day, it really kind of ends up in the same place. And this is what the angel said. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. So peace and goodwill. So he says, we want to give God the praise for what's happened. I want y'all to go over here to Bethlehem and see it. What has happened is peace and goodwill has been birthed unleashed, born into the earth. And so a reason for um, the season that we celebrate is God wants the earth to be filled with peace and goodwill. What, what kind of grade do you think we're getting? Peace and goodwill. Like, as I talk to you about goodwill, man, I'm just telling you, this is, we'll break it down. It just needs to be very, 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 very basic. I was in Lowe's the other day and I'm standing there and uh, there's these young ladies um, at the counter. We're all returning stuff. And man, there is this guy in there. He is throwing a fit. Now, granted, I've been that guy that probably your order's all messed up. They sent the right, wrong thing. Are you trying to do it? And the young lady at the register, and I'm just telling you, I, I could have been that guy a few you know, years ago, a decade or, or so ago. But I'm telling you, my wife knows this is true. Most people that are with me know, uh, that have walked with me know this to be true. It takes a lot for me to blow my top. I mean, I can take a lot. If you ever see me angry, you, you probably need to get out of the way. If you ever see me angry, because it takes so much to get me there. Why? Because I say this because the Lord told me this. I'm a man of peace. I am. I'm a man of peace. I am a peacemaker. I like to keep peace too, but there's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper is trying to satisfy this one and satisfy this one and mediate everything and win-win and all this. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but a peacemaker will come in and bring peace and, and can set, set it up in just the way it needs to be set up. And so as we're talking about peace, God wants us to be peacemakers in the earth. He wants us to be agents of goodwill. And so I'm in Lowe's and this guy, man, he is letting these three young ladies behind the desk have it. I mean, he's cussing, he's fussing, he's snorting and he's, what's your name? Give me your name. I mean, it's right there. You know, they got it. Teresa, it's right there, dude. Um, and he's, he's like, give me your name. I'm, I'm calling corporate. I'm called, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm just going, joy to the world. You know, I'm just waiting my turn, man. I'm just waiting for him to spit out of here. And um, then there's another lady, little old lady. I hope I'm not old and crotchety. Like if you old and crotchety, stop that. Be old and joyful. I mean, we're all getting old. I'm getting old, you know, older faster than I want to get old. But I just don't want to be one of those old, mean-spirited people. 
And there's this little lady in front of me, and there, you know, she's not throwing a fuss like this guy. But she's, you know, standing there, and then uh, she's got to wait on whatever's fixing to happen. She's got to wait. And so the young lady behind the counter says, um, well, ma'am, you can, uh, you'll, you'll have to wait for just a minute while they get up here with it. And so uh, she said, well, where do I wait? Just real ugly. Like, where do I wait? And she's like, well, ma'am, you can just stand right over there or there's a bench right around the corner there. And so there's this little rope thing, and, you know, like these little stanchions. We got some over in the children's area and she, she can't get it off. And she's like, how do I get over there? And I'm just like, joy to the world. Like, oh, man, y'all need to take some. But like those two, excuse me, those two instances, that's two instances that um, it was just unnecessary. And they could have been agents of goodwill. So, I mean, I'm the only person I have in this story that none of y'all were there. So I'm the only other person in this room that was there. So I get to be basically the subject of the story. And I hope that you don't take it that I'm bragging on myself. But I'm like, all three of the young ladies are frazzled. I could see that they are upset. So I'm like, okay, so how can I lighten the mood? In other words, I want to bring peace. I'm fixing to make some peace. And I stepped up and I said, well, I'm another problem customer, but I'm not going to be anywhere near the problem those two guys were. And they're like, and so anyway, we kind of joked and they helped me out with my stuff. And then as I'm on some aisle, one of the young ladies comes up to me. So she obviously saw me and she came, came up to me and she said, now, sir, are you sure this is the right one that you need? Because we're not going to change that one for you. And, you know, she is kind of picking at me. And you know what that did for, said to me? That said to me that making that little bit of peace and that gesture of goodwill lightened her day. It helped her to see why she's doing what she's doing. And so anyway, he came. One of the reasons that he came is for peace and goodwill. And goodwill is this, all right? It's not rocket science. Goodwill is this. It's an intentional act of friendliness, helpfulness, cooperation, or generosity towards somebody else. That's all goodwill is. Somebody who's friendly. Like, honestly, if you're filled with the Spirit, then operating within you is the fruit of the Spirit. Growing out of you is the fruit of the Spirit. Flowing out of you is the fruit of the Spirit. So we shouldn't even have to do that. Like we shouldn't even, that shouldn't even be an effort for us. It should just be natural for us. But why isn't it? Goodwill, an intentional act of friendliness, helpfulness, cooperation, or generosity towards another. And here's the key to everything, this simple little message that I'm preaching to you today. Goodwill is God's will. Say it with me. Goodwill is God's will. Being kind is God's will. Being generous is God's will. Being helpful is God's will. Being patient is God's will. Being understanding is God's will. Goodwill is God's will. Amen. 
And look at this. Matthew says this. There's two verses from Matthew I want to read to you. Jesus said, do whatever, do, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. In other words, treat other people how you want to be treated. And this is the essence. In other words, this is the substance. Don't get into all the Ten Commandments and all, like, this is the essence of the Ten Commandments. This is the essence of the law and the prophets. It's all summed up in this one thing. Goodwill, love, be kind, be generous, be understanding, be friendly, be helpful. And then this verse in Matthew chapter 10 says, and if you give even a cup of cold water, what? A cup of cold water. To one of the least of my followers, you'll surely be rewarded. Like, seriously, a cup of cold water. That's how much God values generosity. A lot of times you'll do something for, for people and it's like, man, I wish I could do more. Listen, you did enough. If you just give a cup of cold water, stop and help somebody change their tire, you know, give somebody directions, like whatever. It, it's so simple, and the world is in need of this. Listen to me. If y'all think, and I, I know you don't, but if y'all think the world is going to get fixed, like some cataclysmic thing's going to happen. Listen, my son lived literally, you could step out his door and see where the Twin Towers fell. Right now it stands the Freedom Tower is there. That terrorist attack on our soil, that didn't wake us up. Pearl Harbor didn't wake us up. What do you think is going to wake us up? Holy Spirit is going to wake us up. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, we could suffer some of the greatest tragedy and, oh, we'll, what will happen? Listen, you, you will never, that's why trying to beg people to come down to the altar or scare them into heaven or, you know, uh, scare them out of hell, that never works. That never works. Because that, what that is, is that's man trying to help you make a decision for, for Jesus. No, Holy Spirit. We just preach the truth. We just put it before you. And Holy Spirit has to do a work within you. Because the scripture says, no man cometh unto the Father except my spirit draws him. Unless he comes through me. And so, you know, when we give something as simple as kindness, a gesture like that, that's what's going to change the world. A few weeks ago, I think it was maybe two or three weeks ago, I was talking and I said, you know, whenever I heard the term white privilege, it offended me. Because when I say offended, I'm just like, that don't sit right with me. I don't even know what that is. But you know what I did? I'm like, I don't want to be ignorant. Just because I, like, I didn't know what Holy Spirit was at one time. And what was happening in service this morning, I'm telling you, this was mild from the church I came into. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, folks running around, I'm telling you, they shouted. Y'all don't know what shouting is, do y'all? Ooh, Jesus. They shouted. There's a lady, my mama's still, she's one of my best friends, my mom's best friends. You know who I'm talking about, Miss Linda Norwood. She shouted right out of her shoe. I promise you, that shoe came right by my head. I'm not joking it, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, make it bigger than it is. 
It's the honest to God truth. I'm standing there. I'm just little. I'm new to all this. That woman shouted right out of her shoe. That shoe whizzed by my head. I, I felt the wind from it. You know, we mild compared to that. But there was a time I didn't understand the moving of the Holy Spirit. And it was foreign to me. But I felt something in that. And I didn't want to be ignorant of that. You know, there are people who are ignorant of the spirit and the ways of the spirit and they're closed-minded and they will literally go, I don't want any of that. And they will reject God, part of, you know, the moving of God. So going back to my white privilege thing, I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, I'm not, I was not privileged. Now, I know some white folks and I know they privileged. But I was looking at it from a different, you know, context. But you know, like the media, unless I missed it, they didn't explain to me very well what that, they just called it a name without any explanation behind it. And I'm not an ignorant person and I read a lot. And so I'm like, I don't know what these people are talking about. You know, I don't know about this. So do you know what I did? I'm like, I went and I told you what I, I, I did, but in case you weren't here, I went and I sat down with three of my friends, all of them in ministry, two pastors, one minister of music, all African-American. And I sat down with them as a gesture of goodwill. Are you following me? Because you look looking at me like you lost. You don't understand what I'm saying. I didn't have to do it. But I wanted to do it because I'm like, I got a church that is uh, racially integrated. There's diversity among us. Like, I want, I don't want us to be talking about terms that we're talking about different things and you use a term that offends me. And if I ever use a term that offends you, come help me gain understanding. But I went and I sat down with them as a gesture of goodwill. And I sat down with them and I said, I feel safe with y'all. I am not going to try to sugarcoat this. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I said, I don't like this term white privilege. I don't think it applies to me. I don't like it. And when, and, and when I hear it, it just irritates me. And, I, and so they begin to explain to me. And I understood for the first time that I was looking at that from a, from a wrong context. I was looking at it one way, which was actually true. I did not, I'm white, and I did not grow up privileged. But my brothers helped me to see that there are certain privileges that come with my color. Now, not to get too far off into that, because I know that there are probably some white folks in the, in the room. Y'all still struggling with that. So I'm going to help y'all out a little bit. Black people have privilege too. Hispanic people have privilege too. It depends on the context in which those people are operating out of. If I go to Nigeria, there are certain things I cannot do. Y'all just stick with me. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm in Nigeria, and I think Shay was with me on this trip. I do not remember what happened, but something is wrong at the airport. Something is wrong. 
And we don't know what to do. And like Isaiah is with us and he walks up. Now, this would never happen in the United States, but it happened there because of his color, because he identifies with his people. So he carries an entirely different mantle. He carries an entirely different influence. Do you think for a minute if I would have gone up to the counter and demanded in that country like I would demand? Oh, you would see me demanding. Actually, you wouldn't see me because I'm a peacemaker. You would see my wife. She will, <laughs> she will tear some Delta attendant like some folks at the counter up. <laughs> Y'all don't be encouraging her. I'm like, baby, I'm going over here and get me a latte while y'all in all that chaos. But I tell you what, she comes out with some tickets. You know, I'd be staying overnight at the Hilton or the Motel 6 or something, you know. But so in Africa, Isaiah, he walks up to the people and he just begins like talking to them. And I'm like, now don't go making them mad. I need to go home. I've been over here 14 days. I'm missing the, you know, where my, I'm, my people are from. And he's just like, give it them the what for? And I'm like, no, 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 this is not ending well. But you know what? He, he's like, follow me. And so Shay, were you going with me or did I go by? We're going into the bowels of the airport. We're going through doors and then other doors and then through double doors and through chain link door. You know, I mean, it's crazy. And I'm like, they're taking us back here and they're just going to kill us. They're just going to kill us, you know, like that. But he led us through to this place and we come up in this little place and they just sent us off. We all have a certain degree of that. But the point of my story is this. My Act was a gesture to my brothers because if we keep screaming at each other and we don't gain understanding, nothing is going to happen. And Jesus came to this earth. The reason was for peace and goodwill. And I'm telling you what, if the Lord were giving a report card to the church, I'm telling you, we wouldn't be making bees and we probably aren't making C's. And I'd be surprised if the full body of Christ cumulatively averaged out to a D in the past several years. Guys, we got to get our score up. You know, my wife, some of y'all work in the educational field. We got to get our score up. And we can't work on that bell curve. Is that even a thing in the school system anymore? We, we can't work on the bell curve anymore that, you know, certain grades or, you know, get the average up. No, we, we got to do better. We have got to get our score up in the area of peace and in the area of goodwill. And so when Jesus says, I'm telling you, you know, Man, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? We got to go get the million woman march. We got to go get the million man march. We got to go do this. We got to go do that. Listen, that's great if we can be a part of something like that. But you know what? You can just be nice to the person at Lowe's. You can just, that's a, that's a cup of cold water. 
Like, we ain't trying to build them a house. We're just trying to give them a cup of cold water. Start small. Start with the way we, you know, when, when we, listen, I know, I don't care. Y'all might get mad at me. I don't care. But we're in a time in our nation right now. I don't know who made it this way. I, I don't think I did. Maybe you didn't, but somebody did. Somewhere we got to this place where there's a lot of hostility. There's a lot of misunderstanding. And so this may not be right. And this might not even be the time to say it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. And if it's not the the right place and we'll come back and I'll fix it later and we'll have some conversations later, but this might not be right. Are you following me? What I'm about to say might not be right, but it's how I, where I am in, in our society right now. When I start walking up to a person of color, I automatically, automatically begin from a certain baseline. Are you following me? Because of our current culture and the history of our nation. Oh, I know some of y'all having a hard time swallowing this. Rub your throat like that. That's what we used to do when we used to give the dogs those big old worm peels. Just rub the throat and it'll go down, all right? Just put your hand up there and rub your throat, rub rub your throat. But what I do is I start from a place where uh, of, of us, I assume, this might not be right, but I assume a certain amount of disadvantage. And I assume, like, as I approach this cashier, this waitress, this doctor, this whatever, I assume that I need to start from a place of of kindness. Now, this should be like us all the time. Are you following me? But I assume that like, hey, based upon our culture and our history, our current culture and history, let me take into consideration those things and not like add to any stereotypes that these people might have. And y'all know black people have stereotypes about white people. White people have stereotypes about black people. We, different ones have stereotypes about uh, Asian people or whatever. We, we have these stereotypes. They're generalizations. So what I try to do is I try to approach situations with a certain baseline of actions. I'm not going to approach that situation with an attitude. I'm going to come in with as much peace as I can possibly be. I hope y'all are getting this. I hope you understand. I hope you understand I'm not placating to culture. I'm not placating to any, I'm a peacemaker. I want to see our country healed. I want to see people grow. I want to see the body of Christ come together and be united and powerful. That's what I want to see. And I believe that if we'll work together through good will, that's the way this is going to happen. Many of us are looking for, man, God's going to send a revival. Yes, he is. And he's going to send it through people. That's how revival is going to come. When we have a revival in and of ourselves, then what's going to flow out of us is going to breed revival. But see, we're not wanting to do the hard work, which is change ourselves. 
We're waiting for some politician or some president or somebody somewhere to fix this situation. It's not going to happen. Boop. Guess what that just was? I just burst your bubble. It's not going to happen that way. You know how it's going to happen? One person at a time. Pastor Rife, that's just impossible. Bull. Mm-hmm. You, you know Holy Spirit stopped me right there, don't you? We're in this room because of one person. Churches all over this world are meeting right now because of one man. Don't tell me one person can't make a difference. Here we are, not 10, not 20, not 50, not a, millenn- not, not a centennial. We're here millennia later because of one man who came to bring peace. And guess what? That's still his agenda, peace. Goodwill is still his agenda. So let me kind of wrap this up for you guys. Goodwill produces peace. Say it with me. Goodwill produces peace. Peace is the product of goodwill. Listen, you just start being a person, an agent of goodwill at your work. You watch the peace that comes in. Start being an agent of peace in your house. Watch the chaos level come down. Start being an agent of goodwill in the church, in your, in your uh, circles of influence, wherever they are this week. Start being an agent of goodwill and watch the peace that comes into that place. I have seen people, and a lot of times it happens in the service industry, where people, there's so much chaos and people are so ugly to one another. And this, I w- went into Crystal one time. We like that little, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can call it a burger joint, but you know, we like that little place. And we went, I went into a burger joint one time, uh, Crystal up in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And I mean, they were just letting this young lady behind the counter have it. And I walked up and I just you know, I could see, man, she's to the point of tears. Man, I ain't paying her enough for that. And I, I just walked up to her and I just said, you know, again, I don't know that it matters, but it's the truth. And she was a person of color. And I just walked up to her and I said, I said, oh, come on now, don't cry because you smile. You, you're way too pretty. You got a beautiful smile. Way too pretty to lose that in the middle of all that. Everything changed. Everything changed. Why? Because goodwill produces peace. Man, she went back. I had so many fries on that plate, you know. I'm like, so goodwill produces fries too. You know, goodwill produces peace. All right. So I want, we got this little thing at our house. I don't know if Shay bought it or I bought it, but it's this little, little, little thing that says, believe there's good in the world. Because look, look, if you, if you look at CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, if you look at whatever, you look at Facebook, you look at all these things, you are not going to believe that there is good in the world. You, you look at any sector of society right now, even in the church, you will believe, man, there's just not good. Like it's, it's the world is screwed up. It's messed up. It's like bad. But there are some words highlighted on that little thing And it's these words. I loved that when I saw it. It's like, be the good. 
You know how there's good in the world? You be the good. Go be agents of goodwill. Go do something good. And when you are the good in the world, there is good in the world. I'm telling you what, there is good in this world. Shay's sister, and if y'all want to come with the music, I'm fixing to close this. Shay's sister teaches in the public school system in Georgia as well. What does she teach? So she teaches pre-K. You know she's saved. You know, you know she's saved, and there's not a chance she's going to go to hell. She is going to heaven because if anybody's ever taught pre-K, and I have some students, and I'm telling you, they keep you on your toes. And so she asked them this question, and I forget exactly what the question was, but the question was like, uh, what's important to you? Or name something you love. And the, the, she wrote them down in like the order. And I hope I'm not getting this story too, too mixed up, but she wrote them down kind of in the order that um, the kids were kind of popcorning answers to her. And at the top of the list was Jesus. My brother. You know, my family. Uh, they're, they're, I think one of them said puppy. But listen, there, was, there were no crazy answers. They all were these. And she's like, her little tag on it was like, just in case you were worried about the next generation. Check this out. And I'm like, man. And I told her, I said, I needed to see that today. I needed to see that today. Go be the good in the world. You go do something good in the world. And let's wrap this up. Say it with me. Goodwill is God's will. It's God's will for you to always be kind. It's God's will for you to always... You, you can be frustrated and angry. I'm a model for you. I'm not perfect, but I am a model. There have been times where I've been ticked off. I've been ready to punch somebody in the throat over the mess that they're store. But you know what? That little young lady behind the counter, it ain't her fault that something's done got messed up at corporate and everything. And she don't, she, she, I, I was at a store. I ain't gonna call the name, but I was at the store and they had stuck her in this position, she was not fully trained to do some of the higher uh, uh, forms of returns and stuff like this. And I was irritated. I'm like, well, why are you on the desk? Like, they ain't trained you. And she's like, she, she whips out this little pad. she got about four or five pages of notes in her little pad, and she's trying to figure out from her pad. And, uh, and I, I'm like, man, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. But I was upset angry like this is my fourth time trying to get this right and I was telling her this is so you can be angry frustrated but this is how I did it with her again agent of goodwill agent of peace I said to her I said ma'am I know this is not your problem. You didn't create this problem, but I'm frustrated. And I said, I know you can tell in the way I'm talking, how my eyebrows are up and how I'm sweating. I'm angry. I want to speak to somebody right now. I know it's not your fault. I'm not mad at you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, 
that puts that whole conversation. I'm still maintaining the fact that I have some urgency with this company and not being ugly to the young lady who's just trying to do her job. You know, I ain't gotta be all ugly. Cause like, what if, what if, what if? She walks in one morning and I, I wasn't singing or anything and she don't know I'm here. And the first time I step out onto the stage, good morning, it's so glad, I'm so glad you're here, blah, 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 yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And she's like, that's the jerk. That's a jerk who cursed me out. No, I'm no, because our witness matters. You're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Go and be salt and light. We're to be salt and light, not sour and light. And I'm telling you, it takes some doing. It takes some doing and it takes some practice. And I don't want to by any means say that I'm the model of perfection but I do have a lot of it under my belt because I've been working on this a long time because I have a lot more to lose than some of you guys do I'm just talking about with public influence like you might you might get frustrated and go off on somebody and the likelihood of you running into that person very little but there are times where I would pull up to a drive-in window or I'll go into a store and people that I have no clue who they are will say, oh, you passed your destiny, right? And I'm like, yeah, have we met? She's like, no, I came with my sister-in-law. Are you following me? So it's like, we're to be salt. We're to be light to influence people because when we influence people through goodwill, the scripture says that they will end up glorifying our Father in heaven. I want us to just kind of wrap this up. And um, I want our team to bring uh, our couple of, we have two outreaches that are going on right now. And I want to pray over those. And so I've asked Cheryl and, um, and Brent to come and they're going to pray over these things. And I want you this, we're activating the message right now. So we're going to pray over our outreaches. We've got a white sock Christmas going on right now. And these are uh, socks that are going to the inmates. The inmates? What the heck are we giving socks to the criminals for? Because those are somebody's sons and daughters and dads and uncles. And I don't know about you, if you ever had anybody in jail. I've had family members in jail. I've had family members in prison before in my immediate family and I don't want anybody to write my family off let's don't write them off so we're going to pray over these uh, Trayton would you just sit them right there and we, why don't you all just come up on the stage and thank you um, and then home of grace we're going to pray over these you know what this these are these are what the outreaches asked us for, their, for the people that they're helping. These are cups of cold water. That's what these are. It's, it's little. You know what? The inmate isn't going to even get the whole thing. You know what he's going to get? He's just going to get this right here. This is all he's going to get. Merry Christmas. That's a cup of cold water. That's what these are. And you and we are offering this to them. And so let's activate this message and pray over these and 
uh, would you just get that microphone, Cheryl? And I told these guys that we're going to go on the principle, biblically, of the handkerchief. Remember the handkerchief that Peter prayed over? And they, they went and they took those claws and placed on people who were sick and infirmed and they got well. So we're going to, you know, nowhere in the scripture does it say that they prayed over socks or Walmart gift cards or whatever. But we're going to take the principle and we're going to apply it to this and say, well, Lord, if you would bless a cloth, surely you can bless some socks. Surely you can bless some gift cards. And surely through this just act of goodwill, they will sense more than just, oh, I got 20 bucks or, oh, I got a pair of socks, but that they will lay in bed and think, somebody love me, people, strangers, I don't even know who they are. So I want you to take these and I want you to pray over them because Cheryl, come center so the people at home can see you, but Cheryl ministers at the home of grace uh, on a regular basis. So Cheryl, lead us into prayer. Uh, the girl I go with, she usually sings and then I just bring a word. And I don't speak for very long, just uh, one scripture and just to give them something to, you know, think about with the Lord. And it's a wonderful uh, place because I have learned, I have never had a drug or alcohol problem, but I have learned that drugs doesn't care if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, don't care if you're old or young, don't care if you're poor, rich, doesn't care if you had a good home or you had the worst home. A lot of people get addicted to drugs from an injury and they get hooked on the pain medicine and then the doctor cuts them off well their bodies are still addicted and so that's how some addictions start some of them are looking to fill a hole that nobody can fill but the Lord some of them are looking to have a hurt healed that nobody can heal but the Lord so I want to pray for these but in praying for these share one quick thing. A lot of y'all remember Jordan Bowman. This has been years ago. I did not know Jordan, but I knew her dad, David. And this is part of Jordan's testimony, so I'm not sharing anything that's not already public, but Jordan was in jail. And there was something within me that just compelled me to ask David if I could go see her. And you don't just go to jail and see people. You have to be put on a list and go through this, uh, whatever they do with your name. But anyway, I I didn't know Jordan, didn't know anything about her. So the morning that I'm getting up to go see her, an appointment to be there, I'm in there and I'm blow drying my hair. And because I kind of didn't want to go because I didn't know her. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to talk to this girl about? I don't know. I don't know her from Adam's top cap. And so I remember I was blow drying my hair and I put my blow dryer down And I looked right at myself in the mirror and I said, God, why am I so compelled to go see her? I don't even know her. And the Lord said, because I love her. And we will never see anybody the Lord doesn't love. Come on. So you didn't just buy a card or a pair of socks, but you bought something because God loves them. And it's just that easy. So when we do goodwill, it's because God loves that person as much as He loves us. We know He loves us if you're in relationship with the Lord. But those that are struggling with addiction, He loves them just as much. 
So, Father, we just thank you for these uh, gifts that you've worked through your people to give. And, Father, whatever product they choose to buy, Father, whether it's a piece of clothing, I pray that every time they put that piece of clothing on, that the goodness of the Lord would draw them and draw their spirits. Father, if they choose to buy something for somebody else, I pray, God, that every time they see that peace that they've bought for they've bought for somebody else, that the Spirit of God would draw them. Father, if they use it to buy food, if they use it to buy a banana, every time they eat a banana, Father, draw them, draw them. And we thank you that you've used your people to do your will and to bring goodwill towards me. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And I've asked Brent uh, to come, and Brent uh, has served in the prison ministry, jail ministry, so I want you to pray uh, over these, okay? I want you to come in physical contact with at least one. Um, It says in Scripture that when you do this to the least of these, you have done it unto him. And in our society and our culture that we have, we're sending these these two is a form of the least of these. And it is a is a special ministry to be a part of. I highly suggest that if you have any calling or any pulling towards this ministry, go towards that ministry. Go towards that because just like Cheryl said, he loves them is why we've done this. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you declared in Acts 19.12 that handkerchiefs and aprons performed unusual miracles. We declare that scripture over every sock that is in that barrel right now in the name of Jesus. That your spirit is carried through these socks just like they were in the handkerchiefs and just like they were in the aprons. That we, that your spirit is carried through to each person that touches these socks, that you will transform their heart, Lord. Your spirit is the one that draws people to Jesus. We declare that these, that your spirit flows through these socks and you draw them to yourself, that they begin to see you in a different way, that they, that you have a love encounter with them. They begin, that you begin to minister to them and speak to them through your Holy Spirit, through these socks right now in the name of Jesus, they've never seen you that way before, that they have a unique love encounter with you, Lord. We thank you again for for all that has given. We declare that they have 130 and 60 fold placed onto their homes right now in the name of Jesus, that that blessing falls down straight from the throne room of heaven each person's house that was given that these socks were given through we just don't give blessing to the to to the ones that are being given but we give the blessing to the giver as well we thank you lord we thank you that unusual miracles will be presented by each pair of socks that is delivered to each one of these folks we thank you that you loved us first though even though that we were sinners you still loved us Even though that we were sinners, you still died for us. If there was just one left, Lord, if there was just one left in these prisons and in these jails that these socks are given to, even though there was one, just one, you still would have 
came to this earth and died for us on the cross, that you still would have manifested yourself into this Christmas season, that we celebrate you, Lord. We celebrate you because you are the giver of all. We thank you again that you are are the lover of all, that you accept all, that there is no closed door in the kingdom of God. And we declare the kingdom of God over every prison that these are going to be delivered to and every prison cell that these are going to be given to. We manifest the kingdom of God in each cell that every hand that comes into contact with this, even the prison guards, Lord, even the prison guards, that the the spirit runs through them as well, that the, the fruit of the spirit and the spirit runs through every person and every hand that this comes in contact with, Lord, because you are the lover of all. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So um, there's enough socks for 236 uh, prisoners. That's like roughly a third of the inmates at Baldwin County Jail, and we're not the only church that is doing this. And there's 30 cards, and I don't even know how many uh, women typically are at the Home of Grace, but there's 30 cards that we're going to bless 30 women with. Thank you so much for your faithfulness uh, and participation in that. And this is the second way, and I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to go home. Um, Make random acts of kindness a part of who you are. Like, everybody wants to be generous at Christmas and Thanksgiving. I've literally had uh, outreaches tell me before that we've got so many people wanting to help. Would would y'all mind helping us in the spring? Because everybody's forgotten us in the spring. And you know, so make random acts of kindness just a regular part of what you do and think think about just being a good person, a kind person, a gentle person, a faithful person, a helpful person, a generous person. And it could be simple. What's your what's your cup of water this week? Yesterday when we were walking out of a restaurant door, there was like eight people behind us. And this might seem so simple, guys, but I'm telling you, it's my cu- it was one of my cups of water. I could tell out of the corner of my eye that there's like seven people behind me. I hold the door for my family and, and, and friends, and then I turn around and I stand, and every one of them thanks me as, as they're coming by. Well, it's just a little tiny thing. Yeah, it was just an act of kindness that goes a long way. And so what's your cup of cold water that you're going to begin to make a regular part of your life?